Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest is a certified life coach, neurolinguistic programming practitioner, private tutor, and former special education teacher. Through workshops and coaching, her mission is to develop and maintain healthy communication within households. She has written and published two books. In her first book, she brings to the table her experience as a therapist, a mom, a daughter, and a wife in Mama's Got to Let Go, How to Let Go Without Losing Your Sanity. The title of this episode is How to Raise Resilient Children. Please join me in welcoming Karen Gisbis to this episode. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much, Keith, for having me. I'm very honored to be part of your podcast. Tell us a little more about your background. Well, I started off as actually a marketing director for the Hawaii State Bar Association, and then I decided to do something that I thought could make a difference to society, and I switched to being a special education teacher, which was not exactly what I thought it would be because you have to deal with admin difficulties, and you're not really focusing a lot of time dealing with your students. So I decided to end my special education career and start a private tutoring business called Brain Builders, where I build kids' brains in and out of the classroom. And my goal is always to teach what our schools often do not teach. And then during the pandemic, I wrote, um, what you mentioned, 100 Parenting Tips Inspired by the Pandemic, because I I realized that there's a lot of rewiring that we need to do. Mm in order to adjust to this forever changing new normal. So I've been going through a lot of transitions. So why after working with children as a special education teacher, did you start working with children's parents? You know, I didn't realize that I was working with moms for 20 plus years. I started Brain Builders in 1999. I didn't think of it as an added service, but a lot of moms would end up venting to me, sharing with me, asking for advice. And so it was a natural transition to get certified. And it's a life coaching degree um, certification, but I decided to really focus on moms, but not specifically moms, dads. I've noticed even grandparents reaching out because we are a, um, it takes a tribe, right? It takes a village to raise a child. So oftentimes if the mom's too busy, it falls onto an aunt or an uncle. And I just thought because I've had over two decades of teaching, um, I also have had two decades of working with parents. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have a story to share you about one of your parents of a special education student that inspired I, you to focus on parents? 
I actually do. And this is why I specifically chose to work with moms with special needs kids. I have a mom who has a 12-year-old special needs, and she has two adult children. And one of them, I don't know if you've heard of like parental alienation. It's really common now where adult children um, decide to pretty much divorce their parents in an emotional sense, right? So you don't hear from them. Sometimes you don't even know where they are. And it really hurts moms, especially. I think it, it hurts dads too, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because we give birth to them. And I heard someone, and he was a healer who said that umbilical cord never really is cut emotionally. And so we take it personally. I notice a lot of dads are like, you know what, that's a natural progression, or I'm not going to let it affect me, but it hurts. So she felt like she was a failure as a mom. She thought she passed on the special, his learning impairment was passed on because she was herself a learning impaired child. And that we all know that does, you don't pass on learning impairment. If you had a hard time reading, it doesn't mean that your children will inherit these genes. But I realized that with coaching, I know we'll mention it later with a neuro-linguistic program, and you really are rewiring. You're training your brain not to believe in negative thoughts. And you're changing the mindset of the child as well as the parent. And when that shift happens, and I know that's one of your missions too, right? Is when you elevate employees, I'm elevating parents. And I've decided that um, it was something that I had, I grew a passion for. You know, even though I, I have a strong passion for the brain, I realize that I'm still working with the brain. It's just, it's not the intellectual component, it's healing the emotional. And the mental scars that many moms suffer from because of our own, it's really our own mindset, right? We really feel like a failure. We feel like it's our fault that our children might make decisions that make their journey more difficult. And it really is not our fault at all. There's someone who's joined this conversation that has a question. And her question is, what is mindset and what does it mean? Good question. I think there's so much talk about you need to have a successful mindset. Your your mindset determines your future. And it really is where you are mentally and emotionally, meaning if you find yourself stressed or overwhelmed, frustrated, or you just feel like life is not going your way, all it takes is a shift in the way you think. And a lot of us are on default thinking, meaning that you think the way that you've always thought. I'm 57 years old. My, my daughter just told me, you know, you know, the old way that you used to think, mom. And I thought how interesting She said you would have parented us so differently if you had this new way of thinking. And even though I lapse, I own it. I'm apologizing and I'm letting them know that it's not just my way. I think when we come with this mindset where we know best because of our experience, our age, we just know better. And I'm finding that my 19-year-old gives me pretty enlightening quotes to use. Right before I, I do a Facebook Live or I do an interview, I'll ask her, so what do you think? Why do you think teens um, are sassy and disrespectful? And she says, well, I think it's because they have a hard time communicating, so it's easier for them to lash out. And I thought, wow, so simplistic, but so true. You know, whether it's lashing out at employees, lashing out at your mm -hmm. significant other, or lashing out as a child, we revert back to that 
mindset where you get frustrated if someone doesn't understand you. But if we're able yeah. to switch the way we think, you'll experience more peace, right? And less conflict. Thank you. I believe you answered our question very effectively. Thank you for that. So how did you become interested in becoming a therapist? It's not a therapist, but I did um, seek out uh, a coaching certification. And I thought as I tutor kids, I'm actually their little coach, you know, because I don't only tutor academically. I just told a six-year-old the other day, I come to your house to teach you how to be smart, but it's also to teach you things like how to not get your way. How do you accept that things will not always go your way? And she thought about it. I am not there just to build brains. I'm there to build resilience, right? So how do you do that? I realized I needed to have a certification and, and knowledge in how to just understand, right? When you're a coach, as you know, Keith, you do need a different perspective. You need knowledge in how to communicate with someone who may not communicate the way that we do, right? To get into their brain, to get into their mind so that you're able to, like you said, you have them level up, you help them become the best version of themselves. And so I decided if I earn the parent coaching certification, um, I'll be able to supplement my tutoring. I think you just, you just can't go wrong with parent coaching and how to guide children in the right way, which might necessarily be the parents' way. Well, what comes to my mind is you're really talking about parent resilience too. Yes, definitely. And so a lot of parents don't see the need for a parent coach. For tutoring, I mean, I made the most when the economy was at its worst because parents will do anything for their children, but they don't realize when you invest in themselves as a parent and when you become a better parent, guess what? Your children will benefit from your parenting skills because if you parent the way that you were parented, I mean, a lot of parents say, I turned out fine, but you know how we talked about unawareness? How do you really know that what you're teaching your child will build resilience? If you're frustrated yeah. with your child, that means, you know, when you find yourself saying, why can't they be more res responsible? Why aren't they listening? What, what am I doing that's wrong? It really does take, like you said, parent resilience. Yeah, that's actually a, new, a good course, parent resilience training, because we don't realize the way we speak to our children can cause childhood trauma. The way that we speak yeah. to our children can build their self-confidence mm -hmm. or destroy self-confidence. So you're leading into my next question. What is neuro-linguistic programming for those who I, may not know? I love that question because it sounds just so like, what is neuro-linguistic? Well, neuro, you know, um, brain, linguistic, um, right? To do with words. So when we picture the brain, right? Picture your little three pound brain and think that, is it too late? First seven years is the magical stage. You develop year by year. Then when you become like 30s and, and your 40s, you realize I don't like a lot of the parts of me and I can't change it. I have kids all the time. I'm really poor at writing. I'm really poor at fill in the blank. Well, now, right, neuroscientists, I mean, even psychologists, therapists, we're realizing we can reprogram the brain. It's like your computer and you reset it, you reboot it, and you train your brain. And yes, will you have the default keep popping up? 
your tempers will flare, your triggers will cause you to kind of go backwards. Whether you quit smoking or you quit maybe verbal abuse or whatever behavior you want to get rid of, neuro-linguistic programming can actually train your brain to do less of what you don't want, right? A bad behavior, whether it's overeating or um, perhaps not taking care of yourself, right? Mentally, physically, maybe you're in, a, in a, you're in an abusive relationship and you think, but I don't want, I can't do this alone. I have six kids. That mindset can shift and you will kind of like start fresh, but we cannot start fresh if we don't reprogram our brain. So think about it as yeah, reprogramming our brain so that it's at the optimum. We buy new computers when they're outdated. Well, think about living with an outdated brain for decades. And you just think, I'll just invest in my children and I'll just fix my children. Because if I fix my children, I'm good. I'm a good parent without realizing that you are in the very outdated operating system, right? So we don't even know that it's possible to retrain our brain. Can I answer your question? That was like the long version. Yes, yes, you did. But you actually reminded me of a story. Mm. There's somebody that I know who grew up in a home where his parents suffer from depression. Mm. And then what a surprise, he suffers from depression. And it is generational in that it is something that you can inherit your patterns of thinking from your parents. That's what popped in my head. Well, in fact, my dad know, um, knows that his father um, suffered from depression. I know that I suffer from depression, and so I'm very aware of it. And so when my daughters even give me a hint of falling into depression, it, it is an inner fear of mine. In my book, I do um, share that I attempted suicide once when I was 30, mm-hmm. and that is my deepest fear for my daughters. But I do know now that I can work with them and you know, it, it truly is communication. So if depression runs in your family, alcoholism runs in your family, even abuse, you're not destined to be stuck with the, um, the trauma. And that's what I want everyone to know that there is hope to heal and to move forward, people say, oh, it's in my DNA. You, your DNA doesn't have to haunt you if you know that you can reprogram it. Yeah. And neuro-linguistic programming is a means to achieve that ends. Definitely. How did you become interested in, in neuro-linguistic programming? Well, you know, I didn't realize that back in the 90s, I took this goal-setting class and I had my first book on NLP. And I learned about it and I forgot about it. So only within the last two years did it pop up again. And I talked to my cousin who actually worked with the NLP um, founder back in the 70s. And we talked about it and how beneficial it would be to practice NLP with coaching clients, with children of all ages, because everyone can use, I believe, some type of rewiring, because I think everyone can benefit from some type of reprogramming. And that's when I decided I want to incorporate NLP with tutoring, with coaching, and then personally, as well as with my family. Thank you for sharing that. So you became a certified life coach before you took your NLP training, true? Yes, it happened in a matter of months. So November 2019, I decided to do a really intense uh, life coaching program. So not intending to be a parent coach, but really learning all aspects of life coaching. And then once I decided to do parent coaching, I stumbled across an NLP certification. And I thought, what a great 
way to um, carry out my coaching goals, right? To have neuro-linguistic programming certification so that I'll know whether someone wants it or not. I believe if I'm constantly reprogramming my brain and my mindset, it'll be beneficial to my clients, whether they're six or 66. My oldest student was actually in her 60s who just wanted to um, improve her math skills just for fun. (laughs) So tell us about your first book. My first book, oh my gosh, my oldest daughter did not want to read this because she thought it was a journal and it is based on a journal, but after every chapter, I have an exercise on how to let go. Sometimes I, and sometimes I read this and I don't remember writing a particular topic because I think I just went in there and it's basically on my journey with my youngest child who I could not educate. I could not tutor her. I was, it was just, she was just one of those children who constantly pushed my button. So I felt like a failure. I couldn't tutor her. I couldn't um, even motivate her. And so the book, if you look at the balloons, it's letting go of stress, judgment, anxiety, chaos, and fear. So I actually had to get her permission because I said, I'm, I'm dealing with sharing a lot of intimate challenges, right? With both daughters. And so um, it was just going to be a do- uh, a journal. And then my um, friend said, who who is an author, I should make it into a, a self-help book. And that's how it turned into, um, you know, mama's got to let go, even though, you know, a lot of people, actually, they're small business owners who are not parents. And I've been told that letting go, these principles can be applied to anything, whether it's business, if you're maybe you're single, then you need to let go. It's pretty much letting go of anything that stresses you out, causes you fear, makes you feel that your life is chaotic. That was my goal. And it's very, very short. Um, It's less than what, 100 pages. Some of it includes, um, look look at this one, like forgive yourself, right? I have little drawings and then little quotes, message cards that my daughter um, created. And then those are in here as well. Thank you for sharing that. And in the show notes, I can put a link for how to find your books. Okay, I'll send you the link. Excellent. Thanks. So what about your second book? Tell us about your second book. This one was actually inspired by someone we know, Deslyn Hockeyus. She encouraged me to just do a couple weeks of daily parenting tips shortly before school opened the year of the pandemic, right? Last year it started, quarantine started in May. So in August, I decided to do about 10 consecutive days. And for some reason, I just continued. And I ended up doing 100. So I did 100 Instagram lives, 100 Facebook parenting tips. And then I have my YouTube channel, also letting go with Aloha. Then I decided... I think I'm going to turn them all into a book. So all 100 tips are in this book. You can also um, find them on my um, Letting Go with Aloha YouTube channel. So I'm just going to open it up. Everything from dealing with attitudes in a constructive way, public speaking skills. um, I love this one. Worrying about who a child will become tomorrow means forgetting who they are today. But everything from financial goals, power of positive quitting, um, How's about this one? Offering your child options rather than dictating what they must do. Similar to though, you can be a boss who dictates rather than um, facilitating a, a joint venture because you we all know that a dictator is one that we do not feel safe. We do not feel like we're growing and we don't feel that, that it's a nurturing environment. So that was my goal for this. It's like during the pandemic, I call it the forever changing new normal. 
I just needed to have parents know that they're not alone. So why not come up with um, 100 parenting tips? I'd be willing to bet you have a story you can share about one of the tips in your book. Yes, I had. Actually, you know what? It was that parent that I coached with the special needs um, teen, well, preteen, uh -huh. he's 12. And at first she said, you know, um, that she was just interested and mom has got to let go. Then I did a book signing and, you know, I was doing these little promos and she said, you know, Karen, I'm going to try to practice. And I guess out of the 100, I just opened it to that page. And it's the helicopter parenting. And it is do not clip your child's wings. This is the hardest tip to practice. Even I struggle with this today. And I have two adult children. My mom still clipped my wings. I was in my 50s and she would still say, Karen, did you fill in the blank? And it makes you feel that you're not trustworthy to know what to do, right? Whether you're 6, 16, 66, and you hover constantly. So what she decided to do is there's another thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, EFT. So it's like um, tapping. So she did some tapping and she was, you know, she's a strong Christian. So between praying and tapping and just going within, she let go. And she said it was an amazing relief knowing she is not responsible for her children's grades, which is a struggle for every parent with a child in school. If you see Fs, you think, oh my gosh, you need to, and I had parents email professors. If you're a parent, you should not be emailing bosses of your children, professors of your children. If they're in high school, do not email their teachers because, I mean, that's a sign of major helicopter parenting. So she calls herself a recovering, a recovering helicopter mom. And it has brought her a sense of peace, but now she struggles with it. And so it is not a journey that has like a definite end. It's like grief. It's like a, a mesh, like wires that are intertwined. It's not even a roller coaster, right? Because sometimes I feel like, what am I doing being a parent coach if I don't know how to parent? That actually enters my mind. And then I think everyone says, don't stop. You're just relatable. And I think, okay, because I thought I had to master it in order to teach it. For the benefit of somebody who's joining this conversation, please explain what ETF and tapping is. It is certain points that you tap. Starts from here. You can do here. And you can just look up. I advise anyone who is interested in it. Just say EFT. And it's tapping certain points. And what it does is you can put EFT for stress. EFT for anxiety. EFT for fears. And it literally takes less than, I would say sometimes less than two minutes, this lady would do it at work and she would tap. And it just looks really, really weird. When I first showed it to my daughter, she's like, what, what is that? But it's interesting when you do certain points and it's even like your head, it could be like you're under your eyes and something happens. You are, I always tell kids, it's like you are not even massaging your brain, but you're giving brain, your brain messages to either calm down to not believe every thought you have. Just that concept alone, think about it. We believe every thought we have. If someone said, no, that's not true, you'd think it is true. Why? Because I just know. Can you provide evidence? No, I just know. And then, and then a huge conflict, right, result. Yeah. So simple things like EFT really, really um, can make a huge difference. And just be open-minded to these different strategies because- some people, you know, right, I can't, I don't know how to meditate or I don't have time. 
And when she practiced this, I told her to do it for 21 days. And now she's realizing that she's back in this frenzy. And then I'm realizing you need to go back to it, right? It's so easy to say that doesn't work because look where I am now. And it's a constant going back, right? Don't you think, Keith, like when you work with your clients, just because they get it and you get them to the next level and they're able to practice gratitude and they're able to, you know, go to that level three or higher, does that mean that they're going to stay there? I mean, eventually something's going to happen to make them, you know, like fall off that path. That's where the mindset comes in. Yes, because you think, you know what? I'm a failure. It does not work. Rather than, okay, I am down. I've lost all my money. I lost child custody. I lost whatever. Instead of saying it's hopeless, you really step back and say, is this really true? It might feel true. But NLP, EFT, all of these little strategies, and just being aware, people don't know that that's a strategy, being aware that you do not have to take your thoughts seriously, because if it's negative, then I guarantee you 99.9%, and I'm pretty confident about that, it's not a stagnant fact. You're just going through a challenge. Karen, just in case you wonder, I've got ESP. So there's somebody who's joined this conversation who wants to know a little bit about your coaching. Tell us about your coaching. Thank you for asking. Yes, as a parent coach, I think many parents don't realize how beneficial it is to invest in a parent coach because I know parents who invest $100 an hour to help their child improve baseball, football, soccer, um, the violin, you name it. But when you talk to parents, many of them don't realize that if they don't know how to parent, and I'm saying, I'm not saying that there's one way, but if you learn your child's primary communication style, their love language, how they will receive information, because this is what usually happens, right? If there's a conflict, you have said something to your child and he either upsets them or it will tear the relationship. The emotional connection is destroyed. How do you get that back? Many times, like I'm still realizing that it really does involve learning how everyone's communication style is. And can you do that objectively? You know, it's kind of like when you, um, if someone speaks a marriage counselor, right? Your marriage is in, you don't know whether it's going to work or not. And if you're desperate, you don't even believe in marriage counseling, but someone says, you know what, if you love me, you will seek marriage counseling. Well, I guarantee you, no child would say, mom, can you hire a parent coach? But I have had kids tell me, my mom is really different. And I said, what's different about it? You know what? She's not yelling at me. We're not getting into physical altercations. And she's just, she's just nice. And they don't realize it's all because of receiving. And, and I don't, I'm not the miracle cure, but I think when you're asked self-reflection questions, it just makes you think about how to do things differently. And then you try different strategies. If it doesn't work, try another one. But a lot of times with parenting, you just think, oh my gosh, I think I think I have a, a child who is destined for failure. Or you think, I don't even know how, how to do this. So I'm going to just like check out. I'm going to just, and I've had parents do this. I'm going to just, you know what? I am done. And then who knows what's going to happen, right? So I'm here to help parents know they're not alone. Um, I offer complimentary 30-minute sessions just to find out like what is the struggle in their lives now with their children and just try a couple of tips. If it works, they can hire me on a regular basis. 
I really believe, I know with you, it's not like a one-time thing, right? It takes, um, you know, like right. 21 days to make a habit. But a lot of times I would do, and a lot of coaches are doing this, like six months. I think if you try something for six weeks, but you try something, like I love the way you do these two to five minutes. I'm brainstorming now and you're making me realize that if a parent does something two to five minutes every day, it can be life-changing to their relationship with children. So that's what I would like to invite any listener here or people watching this podcast. Just give me 30 minutes of your time and just see see if the, the tips that we can come up with can benefit your family. Thank you for sharing that. So do you, you have a story you can tell to inspire the audience about somebody you've coached? Definitely. It was my first parent coaching client. I tutored her daughter who was a cutter. So her goal was not to live past 14. And I asked the universe, why would my first parent coaching client, they, they stopped seeing their psychologist and decided to see me, which was very, very scary. And I always tell people up front, right? It doesn't mean that I'm substituting a therapist, a psychologist, a um, psychiatrist, right? It's implementation. It's just like a, it's a supplement, right? You're supplementing something, implementing strategies. So this is a really good story because I went to the chat, the, the house and she said, I don't want to see you anymore. And I said, that's fine. I ended up being there for an hour and a half because the daughter sat down, the mother sat down and we basically had like a 90 minute session, but the daughter didn't realize, the mother didn't realize and they thought it was like a, you know what, can you just leave now? But when I sat down, I had each of them share what they thought was the problem. And we actually came to a conclusion and what each of them would do to improve their communication or their interaction. The daughter wanted to get up at two in the morning and take a walk. Um, the mother didn't want her to turn any of the lights on. So we compromised. The daughter could get up at two in the morning, but the lights, uh, and the lights could be on, but she couldn't leave the house. And just knowing that empowered the daughter, knowing that I don't have to stay in bed for eight hours, right? Because if you're, if you're suffering from depression, anxiety, and just insomnia, you're not going to want to. And then there are huge, huge fights, yelling um, to the point where dishes were broken, um, cups were thrown. But once the daughter felt that she was in a safe environment and she was empowered to make some choices that the mother decided, right, she really is compromising. And now I'm um, really pleased to say she's a sophomore. She's in the band and she has a fascination with K-pop, you know, the Korean um, pop stars, the bands. And I check in on her once in a while through Instagram and she's happy. And I thought, wow, it only took a couple sessions. The mom was so happy that she said she didn't need any coaching. And, you know, I said, I'm here whenever you need me. She wanted both books, but that's just a, a short story on how powerful working with a third party can be, right? It's like people working with you. Don't you have clients who would not have learned half as much on their own, you know, but when they work with someone who has experience and just an emotional connection. I think when people emotionally connect with you, Keith, they trust you to lead them to achieve their goals or just become a better person overall. Karen, how can somebody connect with you? You can reach me on Instagram, Letting Go with Aloha. I also, um, you can reach me personally on my Facebook, Karen Casey Gibson. You can also um, access or um, go into, or you can email me. Email me probably works best if you want to reach me um, personally at Karen at 
lettinggowithaloha.com. But people have been messaging me, emailing me, and I would just love to connect with whoever is watching this and whoever sees that I think I can benefit from improving parenting, no matter what age, because, you know, I, I know you mentioned the other day that you had um, kids in their forties. Yes. And the dynamic changes, but I'm in my fifties. So my parents, I'm sure they could benefit. My dad actually said, you know, I think I'd benefit from a therapist like a couple of years before he died. He was in eighties. He was in his eighties. And I thought, wow, to have a military air force guy say, I think I could benefit from therapy was just eye-opening. So I think yeah. sometimes just giving it a chance and being open-minded to strategies that you might not think could work for you, right? Once you're yeah. open-minded, doors open and um, it's amazing what miracles can happen. And how could someone learn more from you? I have a parent summit, two videos that are available on my YouTube channel, Letting Go with Aloha, but they can also work with me one-on-one. One-on-one, I think you can probably feel the difference within four sessions. And even after one session, just learning more about how your mindset is affecting the way you parent and how sometimes your mindset is actually closing the communication between you your significant other, and your children. So I think just working with someone who has, um, I've been parenting for 25 years, um, educating for about 27 years, and just learning from someone who, uh, I've worked with all different types of parents. I have someone Mm -hmm. currently who, a little boy who's five, who has two dads. I've had um, single parents. I'm um, working with a grandparent, a grandma, who is a primary caregiver for her um, six-year-old. But I think it's just, I would invite everyone to just try something and get out of your comfort zone and see, you know, how it benefits. Because even if it changes your mindset, not as a parent, it could change your mindset that can affect positive changes um, in your life. I want to thank you so much, Karen, for joining this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. This is a lot of fun. And thank you again for joining this conversation of Embers and Wind. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.